We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Jack Ramsey's Post Game Show. Danny Moraine, Brandon Sprague. Blazers win a complete snooze fest of a game, probably the least interesting game of the entire season. I don't know if Brandon sits on that, but 98-88, Blazers win their second game of the road trip. Uh, people are panicking. Uh, dogs are lying with cats. It's the end of the world. The tank is not working anymore, Brandon Sprague. It's a, uh, the first comment in the chat from James Barker, what happened to tanking? Yeah. What I, happened but- to tanking? They're going to get absolutely waxed against Miami, but let me just tell you right now, I, I am concerned. Like, I, it's a stupid thing to say, but I'm a little concerned. Now, we'll see. Maybe they make some big moves and certain players won't be here anymore, but uh, we're trying to collect those L's while we enjoy watching growth and development, and right now they're just beating the shit teams, and they're, they're taking advantage of uh, they're, they're really bad three and a half games out of fourth. You know what, Danny? Stop days. making sense. Right now I'm panicking, and I choose to want to panic. God, just Blazers fans just can't have nice things, apparently. You know how you can have nice things? Subscribe here to the Jack Ramsey's podcast. Uh, live show, mailbag, all of the good things. Uh, if you're new here, welcome. We appreciate you. We love you. If you're not, welcome back. We love you, too. Uh, like, rate, review, subscribe. Help us grow the show uh, on our way to 2,500 subscribers. Uh, the, the ultimate goal, I would say, I think, uh, at right now, Let's get to 3,000 by the end of the season. Oh, that'd be awesome. To go from nothing to 3,000 in, in a one season. season. Yep. That sucked. <laughs> Maybe the worst season in 20 in Would be tremendous. Right. Would be tremendous. Yeah. Um, that's that's kind of the, the situation. So that's the business stuff out of the way. On to the basketball stuff, Brandon Sprague. <sighs> Are we too good to tank? Let's get that, Let's get that out of the way. No. Uh, the magic, as we talked about coming into tonight, are uh, you want to see out a tank? Shit, boom! This is a tank. Yeah, yep. And and they they turned it on. Um, but as I said, Gordon, take a thought right now. Orlando, Detroit, Houston. Those are your three worst. Oklahoma City is at fourteen and twenty-eight. The Blazers are eighteen and twenty-five. Three out of their last four have been wins. Oklahoma City's starting to kind of. Play a little better? Yeah. The Pacers are 15 and 29. Here's the deal. Over the next two weeks, a lot can happen, Mm -hmm. including getting your ass kicked by Miami, getting your ass kicked by Boston, and getting your ass kicked by Toronto. Well, I I 
one, I, I do love that you're assuming Boston's going to kick their ass. I mean, let's let's just go ahead and run through this real quick. Did the Boston Celtics beat them like a drum in Portland? Uh, yeah, I think they won by 40. Did they put up the most points on them this season? Uh, yes. Was it also your birthday, the saddest day of the year? <laughs> just, you know, don't cut you mid-head nod. Oh. I had a great night. I went to a bar. I got some drinks. I went to the Van Gogh exhibit. You can piss off. That was a great day for me. That's right. You did go to that exhibit. You're like, you really need to go check this out, man. It's very cool. Hey, he cut his ear off. I need to gouge my eyes out if I'm going to watch this basketball team. Um, that's, I mean, listen, that's how it goes. Um, yeah. But as far as uh, like winning games, I just I could see this team with this group until they're trading dudes. I could see them pulling that off. I don't think they it's can the win a game thing. or two. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Like they have enough offensive firepower to Boston's win. Boston's not amazing. No, but here's the, the 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 big difference. Have the Blazers had anybody willing to or able to the capacity? Not even not even really wanting to. Like just having like the general ability to stop Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. Well, yeah, Nazir Little, Robert Covington. Greg Brown, <sighs> Watford, still a problem. DSJ, still, still, still a problem. Okay, uh, it's overall. a problem, but you could see, you could see. Just admit this: you could see this group, sure, being able to pull that off. Sure. Uh, and here, here's the thing: unless he says, "I know we have a lot of road games. We have, we have the third lowest strength of schedule." It is going to be a ton of games. There are going to be guys shut down. There are going to be trades made. And the quality of the product on the floor is going to be degraded. The yeah. Blazers, if they are going to tank this, are not going to just halfway do it. But they can't. They didn't start the season like this. They can't just go, eh. Because really, they need, to, they, they need to show Nurk. They need to show CJ. They're healthy. They're good. Here we go. Uh, Ant needs to get real run where it matters because that's where this opportunity like to, to get those guys in there and figure that out comes from. Uh-huh. But once the trade deadline hits and you've got 28 games remaining, whatever it is, 32 games remaining, they're going to lose a lot of those. Oh, yeah, I imagine they're going to lose most of them, yeah. But I can see like people are being forced to be put in positions this year that they, they weren't expected to, and so I can understand if emotions have swung so many oh, different sure. ways. Especially season. right now with how wild and weird everything is. You know, let's go into the wild and weird. Yusuf Durkic had a, the dumbest 2020 game I've ever seen. One of his best nights as a blazer. Um, not to be not to be confused with his monster uh, 2020 5x5, which no, 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 no. was pure domination. Um, this was more like... Um, did you watch the UFC before they had weight classes? Uh, a little bit, like when Chuck Liddell was doing it. Yeah, like you would have like Hoist Gracie go in there like at 175 pounds soaking wet against like a 400 pound dude. Like he'd choke him out. He won some early tournaments and stuff like that. But every yeah. now and then you'd get like a a, a butter bean in there yeah. who just ham fists and he would get a hold of like these 180 pound dudes and it, he'd just lay on them and crush them. Yeah. That was Yusuf Nurkic tonight. He just laid on them and crushed them. Like it wasn't like this beautiful bit of poetry. He would... He just nerked them. This mm-hmm. is the, like the kind of thing that you want out of Yusuf Nurkic's entire career, which is, hey, you know, you're seven foot three hundred pounds. Can you do me a favor and be seven foot three hundred pounds? I mean, he's he had a couple moments tonight, and I think he has shown this, and it's it's basically what you're saying. He had a moment um, where he just dropped step, took a dribble, 
went up. But unfortunately, his shoulder knocked a guy over. They called an offensive foul. I just wish he would do that more because they're not going to call that offensive foul every Can't time. They're going to think, think that guy is a flopper. Mm-hmm. And so you see that, and those are the moments. And he's had several of those moments in his run here with Portland. Yeah, he did it in a season and a game that's got to be relevant. But at least you got to see a little bit of that because when he gives it to you, you think, yes, yes, this is, this is the guy I've advocated for for four years now. It's never been about, like, is Yusuf Nurkic good? Like, Efficiency-wise tonight, he wasn't great. He 21 points on 21 shots. Got two free throws. Over three from three. Mm-hmm. But he did have 22 total rebounds. He did have two two assists. He did have four steals. He did have two blocks. And he did have six turnovers. He's prone to do stuff like this. And this isn't, like, backhanded. But in games that don't matter. Yeah. Like that 20, that 20 25 by 5 the was King against game. two. The Kings, yeah. And this doesn't say that Nurk disappears, because I don't think he's a disappearing guy. I thought he did a tremendous job on uh, Nikola Jokic in the playoffs until he kind of short-circuited and decided to throw the game plan away with his ego. Right. But I thought like his contribution was huge. Like, And that's not the thing. Like, So trying to marry those two things together, the use of Nurk's co- uh, contribution with the box score and the consistency, that's always been the Nurk problem mm-hmm. because he can be stupidly good and incredibly impactful. Like you look at a Robin Lopez, right? And I love Rolo. He's never a guy who fills up the stat column with, with rebounds, but historically when Robin Lopez is on the floor, teams rebound significantly better because he boxes out one, sometimes two, sometimes three guys. Mm-hmm. Yusuf Nurkic can do those kind of things box out one, two, but also go up with one arm and just pull that little grape out of the sky. Yeah. And you see him do stuff like that, and that's kind of like how he rebounded tonight, which was, I mean, go ahead and keep, you know, poor, the, poor Wag, the poor Wagner brothers <laughs> fighting, up a, <laughs> fighting up three or four weight classes, maybe five against Yusuf Durkic on the glass, and I was like, oh, buddy, you you, you don't have a chance. Like, that's, that's when Nurk really started cooking. They had... Uh, uh, Mo Wagner and they're not Franz, and yeah. Mo was just getting drop stepped into oblivion. Just He's like, too skinny, man. Like Bomba came in and Bomba's not like the biggest dude, but he's very strong and very long. And Nurk was like, "Oh shit, I can't do this anymore." Because <laughs> like even if you bump Bomba off, he's still he's got like a seven seven wingspan, something like that. He's oh Bomba, yeah, it's yeah, insane, dumb long. I think Bomba finished what five blocks tonight. Yeah, I'll double check it. They credit him with four. I yeah. Five points, nine rebounds, four blocks. Uh, I mean. So what you're hinting at is basically like good night, Nurk, but you did it against a team that didn't really couldn't really match your size in a lot of cases, and it's not even a good team. A good stats, bad team situation. Yeah, as far as everybody there that I just uh, screwed up the video for, there you go. I, oh. I've scrolled. Oh, you were fine. It just had you blown up. So instead of being in the little cells here, uh, <laughs> you were filling up the entire thing. Um, yeah, it was great. <laughs> so for the audio content, there you go. You can scroll back and watch that one. Um, but yeah, like Nurk took advantage of an opportunity where they just didn't have anybody who was capable of like really handling him. I thought Lopez was going to troll him. Uh, they're they're saying that they, they like the giant sprig. 
<laughs> maybe maybe I'll do that. I'll build that into one of the one of the, the scenes and, and just have like a, a giant sprig to go to. What are those sports things that people stick on their walls? What are those called again? Uh, the fat heads. The fat, they have fat heads. Jack yeah. Ramsey fat heads. Uh, Dragon says uh, Bombo's wingspan is listed at seven ten. Yeah, he's Jesus. No, he's he's dumb, dumb long, dude. That it's is insane just... reach, man. Get him mm-hmm. in Portland. Yeah, look, like, did he do anything in, like out of this world tonight? No, he spaced the floor. He grabs rebounds and he blocked anything that came near him. But imagine having that come off the bench. That is to say, imagine having that like, come off the bench. Like you can still run your offense however you want to run it, and have a guy right. who is legitimately just big as hell. Yeah, it's and what a... did we talk about for people that didn't catch the pregame? I thought you made a good point. We kind of dove into the pregame more in the general uh, sense, tanking and what yeah. teams are when they tank, and how Portland's tanking is different than Orlando or anybody else's. And I thought, you know, we talked about Sacramento, and I said I think Orlando, Orlando tends to get good players. I think their problem is development. Yeah, they suck at it. They're just not good, and you see guys like Mo Bamba is one of these for a lot of people who don't watch him. They go, well, it's Mo Bamba. Who cares? And people like you who watch him go, no, Mo Bamba is a a rotational good player. And I think the difference is you don't see Sacramento draft well and or develop. Like, they're stuck on both planes. So Marvin Bagley, for example, I wouldn't want Marvin Bagley. I don't think Marvin Bagley is going to be a great player ever in this league. Yeah, it's just the Sacramento thing. You're like, hmm, nah, I'm good. And Orlando has guys that I think if you say, hey, we're going to get you out of there and come to a better organization, I think there's even more potential. Yeah. Uh, guitarist says, how can we pass on a center, center shooting 53% true shooting, true shooting percentage? Uh, sign me up. And then more sarcasm. Bomb a space in the floor with a blistering 32% three-point. Bizarre. Um, listen, man, I'm, I'm looking at backup bigs. <laughs> like, Yeah, it's not – yeah. And even then, like – do I think that he's the end all be all? No, but I, I, this, this whole aversion that Portland fans seem to have with, if it's not like Kevin Durant, it doesn't matter. It's this, it, it makes me want to like jump out of a window of a moving vehicle. It's just, it's okay to like want guys and need guys on this team. They're better than what they currently have. Who is the, who who is the backup center for the trailblazers right now? Is it Cody Zeller? Is he healthy? Has he been able like, like making huge contributions to this team? No. 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 So getting a guy who's younger, taller, more athletic with some upside for what amounts to two second round picks, that's not a bad thing. What would he be? Is he 22 or 23? He's, I think he was an older guy for his class, so I think he's 23. Okay. Let me let me double check. I mean, a 23-year-old player who's been wasted away in Orlando, again, I think the other element of this that you have to remind yeah, he's yourself is Dame. It's a Dame factor. How how many minutes would he play with Dame, and how much better would he look with a Damian Lillard? And how much better does everybody look with Damian Lillard on the well, floor? I know, I know. I'm just I, for for somebody out there that no, that's what I'm saying. With like to, like to look to your point is like that's that's the thing. Like Mo Bamba's never played with a point guard. Never. Yeah. Like Fultz is ah Cole Anthony. I think is more of a combo guard. Mm-hmm. Like I, but and none of those guys have ever. Well, he had Alfred Payton. Mo Bamba's never played with a point guard. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's just depth uh, is hard. I think what we've learned in Portland, depth is hard. If yes, you can get a 23 year old, you know, rim running, 
center who can maybe shoot some threes a little better than what he currently is, like, you would take that. Like, if he turned into a 35% three-point shooter and run some pick and pop or, you know, run the floor a little bit with Dame uh, or Ant or anybody, it's like, it's not a bad thing to get younger, longer, stronger, more athletic. Like, those those are never bad things. It feels like three years ago or two years ago, we were clamoring for them to go sign Nerlens Noel. Be like, hey, give us some defense off the bench. You would get that. You would get a better version of that with with far more upside. Remember the uh, the Pau Gasol offseason signing? I do. I remember that, yeah. He's still got some, some left in his tank. Like it's I, like... Was, I remember when they signed him, I go, well, I'm glad they did this three years too late. And I was like, maybe he can give them eight minutes a game. You Strong monster. eight minutes. No. You monster. No. You know what? There was some more good news tonight uh, besides Yusuf Nurkic having a monster 2020 night. Uh, and I don't want to talk about CJ just yet because I want to. We didn't give this guy his shine last time. This year, little 13 points, 10 rebounds, four assists. The big number here is not the points, it's not even the total rebounds. Five offensive rebounds mm-hmm. for Nasir Little tonight. Yep, and I've talked about this a ton already this season, but I kind of want to keep driving this point home. Like, you look at how Nasir Little plays on this team, how effective he can be being an off-the-ball guy, not needing the ball. The only real opportunities he had to score tonight were in transition, in secondary breaks, or when plays broke down. And you know what he did? He converted. I don't know if Nasir's game is ever going to get to a point of my game demands X touches. And if he can be this guy where it's not just, I'm an okay rebounder. He's one of the best rebounding wings in the league on the offensive glass. Mm-hmm. He's in the 90th percentile. Yep. Like he does good. And tonight, four tip outs, one that he secured himself. And he's battling guys that are bigger than him. Much taller. Like both of Ogners are six, eight, six, nine. Like Nas is like six, six and a half, six, seven. Like he's got good size. But he's not, I mean, everybody talks about, well, he's athletic. It is hard. It is hard to rebound in the NBA when you're, uh, I can't remember who said it the other day. I think it was, you know, it was, it was Richmond. Richmond was talking about Nasir Little and kind of his projection, how he's going to do going forward. And I thought this was a really astute observation. He said, uh, Nasir rebounds like he's 6'10". And I was like, that's, that's a really good way to describe it. Because he gets so many rebounds that you're just kind of used to it. But then you have to remember he's three, four, five inches shorter than the guys that he's battling on the glass regularly. Mm-hmm. And everybody asks, you know, how do you kind of gauge a young guy and what do they do going forward and how can they be a contributor on a team? That that little bit tells me that Nasir Little is willing to do the things necessary to be effective and to make an impact on the court, yeah. regardless of how many plays are or aren't run for him. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, 
and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, I'll say this. Um, we've talked a lot about, I think, his offensive rebounding ability. And five in a, in a game is... That's a big number. It is a big number. I don't look like a big number, but it's a big number. And you'd be hard-pressed to find a lot of players that can give you that. I'd be willing it, to bet that, was, that tonight was his career high on offensive glass. Uh, and that's a hell of a number to get. I also thought he was really good on defense. Yes. Like, I thought he was active. I thought he helped at the right times. You know, he'd show t- he'd come and double a little bit. Like I just, I love the way that he looked defensively, and he is a guy. We talk about upside, and we talk about what will he be offensively? Will he able fr- uh, uh, ever find a three point shot? To me, I don't, I don't necessarily view him in that light. I, I view him in a kind of do everything role. You know, um, for lack of a better example, just top of my head, I kind of view him as a Marcus Smart. Now, not in the leadership. Factor, no, but as but far as like the way he plays, kind of shotgunning this the the yes. the box score, being impactful, doing things, heart and hustle. Yes, yes, in that yes. kind of way. And I think I think if there's a role for him on this team in the future, I I kind of think it's that. Yeah, that's a that's I, I like that. Like yeah, he doesn't have the five. He doesn't have the like he doesn't have the ball in his hand as much obviously as Marcus, but he nope. can do other things. And Andy Marchant does a really good job of pointing out here. Uh, also, Nas's block percentage is crazy high, top among small forwards. Yeah, and that's. Because again, his and that's kind of what Brandon was talking about there. Uh, Nas's defensive ability lies in him being very good on ball. Yeah. Like again, I'm gonna call this play out because everybody, you know, it was recent and everybody remembers it. And it's a easily like recallable play. But Kyrie's got Nas on an island on the right side of the court, up, up just above the the corner. And you can say what you want about Kyrie. He's nuts. He's not nuts. Vanti Vax. Whatever. I don't whatever. care. Right. Basketball wise, ball in his hand. One of the toughest covers in the NBA. Mm-hmm. He's shifty as hell. Probably the best handle of all time. Quite literally. And it's not a, like, a, oh, I don't know. He's, he is, you throw his name in that conversation. Anybody who says otherwise is out of their freaking mind. Mm-hmm. His handle is otherworldly. Yep. Nas flips his hips, stops, 
flips his hips again, gets up into him, stays down on the pump. Kyrie fades, Nas bodies him, and just rah, gobbled it up. Mm-hmm. Gobbled it up. And then he did it to him again three minutes later. Yep. That is ridiculous. And that's not to say he's going to do that on every possession. Or he's going to be that guy every single night, every single game. But when you're talking about the things you can call out, when you're talking about young guys, how do you get on a floor? You have to have a skill that translates in an NBA game. And it can't just be a soft skill. It can't just be like, oh, he rotates well. Or he's got some good rim protection. It's got to be something that translates. So rebounding. Not just rebounding, but my rebounding gets you extra possessions. Yeah. It can't just be defense. I can be switchable and take on primary shot-creating point guards who are smaller and quicker than me. Those are the ways that you get on the floor, and then you get to expand your game. And I thought tonight was a perfect encapsulation of what Nasir Little can do because you, you felt him, but then you did you feel like he had 13, 10, and 4? Did you think he had four assists tonight? Mm, not really. Because everything's just kind of coming in the flow. Yeah, everything. Yeah, I, I think that's a good way of putting it. That's what I was going to say is it's more of the flow of what he is with this group and, and can be, I think, with any group, really. There's not something – Obviously, Dame is interchanging with what they've got, but mm-hmm. you know, Dame's a good enough player, I think, to recognize. And and I think, you know, watching him develop offensively is going to be the thing for a lot of people. I think watching this defensive side of him, the rest of this season and in the summer, not that he's going to be inside doing, uh, you know, shuffling up and down the court, just defense, 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 putting his arms and stuff, but seeing the instincts, seeing the way he is he is evolving mm-hmm. in the game and watching it come to him. I think that's the big thing because if this guy can turn into a legitimate threat for them defensively, you're going to feel, and I said this about Ant Nas this year in the offseason, you're going to feel like you acquired another player. Like that's the kind yes. of level that these guys can climb is if Ant has asserted himself. Nas is getting there and he's showing it. But man, if he if he can hunker down even more defensively next year, you're going to be like, oh, now we have a very, very good on-ball defender in our rotation. You're going to feel like that's a new acquisition. And here's the thing, growth isn't linear. And there's this expectation in the NBA, or just in sports in general, where a guy flashes something for a couple games or a month and it's not there. Like, this is what I I always used to push back on Anthony Simons. He had that monster game, end of his rookie year against the Kings. And then all of a sudden, everybody's talking about, oh, he's ready, he's this, he's that. I'm like, eh, it's going to be just a little while. You know, I, 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 I firmly believe in him, but it's going to be a while. Then he has a couple games and looks good, and then eh, Carmelo Anthony comes along, and so it's kind of derails some stuff. And then they come into the next season, and he's hyped up. He's going to be the backup point guard, but his backup point guard duties are just kind of stand there and get out of the, the way, give the ball to somebody else, to get out of the yeah. way. Yeah. But you can see these few moments where some injuries happen, and like, oh, growth, oh, growth, oh, growth. Mm-hmm. But then, just like right now, he's playing out of his mind. What happened in the month of December, Brandon? And can shoot to save his life. His yeah. worst shooting month of his career. Yep. But, but because of, there's the inconsistency. And the same thing with this year, Little. I think what you're starting to see over these last couple weeks is Nas getting more comfortable in this role. Understanding what expectations are. What, what he yeah. can do from here. And just to confirm, this was a career high in offensive rebounds tonight. And it tied his career high of five offensive rebounds. And you know what the other night was, Brandon? What? Nasir Little's 30-point effort against the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, yeah, okay. Another night when what? He was allowed to just 
yeah, be himself. Yep. And I think that that's when you're looking at something to kind of be an indicator is that both both for Ant and Nas in that right now these indications are when given opportunities, this is who these guys are. They can tell you with their mouths who mm-hmm. they are. But their games indicate that Anthony Simons can be a, a run an offense. That yeah. Nasir Little can be more – he can be a hustle guy, but he can be a hustle guy who can knock down some threes, yep. who can take on primary assignments, and can be a transition nightmare. Yeah. Like, those are like I, – I always say Gerald Wallace with a jump shot when I come to Nas. I think I'm more leaning towards Gerald Wallace-Wes Matthews kind of a hybrid. Like, because he's not quite as big as Gerald. No, well, Gerald – I mean, Gerald was a – effing tank yes built like a brick shit house and he was six seven six eight like gerald wallace would have been an absolute monster in in the national football league like that's the kind of physicality we were talking about like ed reed type shit but he can't quite shoot like Wes. like i I think the hybrid model of what you're talking about is that's that's the thing though yeah Wes, remember for for, let me give a little basketball history for everybody doesn't know Wes matthews couldn't shoot for shit coming out of college no in fact i remember him in utah he wasn't a guy that you were like, oh, Wes is dangerous they, from three. They took like, him off Matthews. the floor specifically because he could not shoot. Yeah. And you know what Wes did? He begged and begged and begged Jeff Hornacek to work with him. And yep. finally Hornacek was like, shut up, dude. Fine. <laughs> and he just worked his ass off yeah. night after night after games. And all of a sudden that – Sloan's like, shit, I got to play this guy. Mm-hmm. I, gotta, I can't take him off the floor. He, he's knocking down shots. And then it's a little bit more. And then a little bit more. And Wes Matthews, I will use him till the day I die as the rarest of rare NBA players. He was a, a, a role player who came back with something new in his game every single year. I've yeah. never seen any role player in my life do that in any sport. Just come back, just being able to do something new and different every single time. What's the score in the game? Uh, the Rams just scored again, twenty-eight nothing. You had that look like something else had just happened. That's I'm sorry, like, I'm, I'm listening. No, 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 I, I got it real quick. No, I, a hundred percent saw it. I was like, hey, mm. Odell has more passing yards in the third quarter than Kyler. He just threw like a 35, 40 yard bomb. <laughs> if Kyler's name was Carson Wentz, people would be roasting this dude right now. Like I, I've said well. this before. Kyler Murray gets one of the biggest passes in sports, man. Because he's cute. Yeah, he is cute. And then when he runs, he like... Yeah, little tiny legs. Yeah, listen, man. He looks like Mini-Me running at Austin Powers. Yes. You know what I mean? I, I 100% know what you mean because I look the same. Sorry, I don't <laughs> want to interrupt. My, my legs, no, no, my legs are this long. It, it, it I, happens. I, I think what you're getting at, though, is... Things I mean, starting to fit. Like starting to fit and i think what you're also you're, you're hinting at though is just the ability to allow players to grow you know like le- yeah. let's let's withhold some of the judgment on Nas and what he is or is not going to be offensively like i think there's you know, maybe a tiny contingent of people who are like eh, he's not a shooter well I, I mean i'm not telling you he's the best shooter but let me maybe, get, let me get him get a whole damn season of getting shots up Maybe he'll end up at a 35, 36% clip. And at that rate, you'd love it, right? You know what? So let, me, it's just... let, me, let me take a look here real quick. I want to see what okay. his career career totals are at right now. And on, where is he at threes. just on the season, too, if you, if you got it? Yeah. Go. So total three-point attempts. He has taken 275. Yeah. <laughs> He's taken that's... 136, which is more than he took in his first two seasons combined. Yeah. 
Right now, he's a career 32% three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That doesn't say a damn thing. No. So there was a study done, this is by 2014, 2015, when it came to uh, normalization and stabilization of three-point shooting. The, the theory was um, working with... Um, with, with shooters working with data sets, you wanted at least 750 three-point attempts before the noise kind of got away. Shooting has gone up so much that so many guys are shooting more that we have more data all of a sudden. It's actually less than that. It's usually it's closer to 500. Not just at the half of that. Yeah. So we haven't normalized his three-point percentage yet. We don't know what he is as a shooter. I mean, Steph has shot more threes halfway through a season than Nas has his whole career. Yes. I mean, that's to put that in perspective, not that he's going to be Steph, but just to like remind people what we're dealing with here in terms of sample size. Um, I got a question in the chat from Eduardo. Uh, can we get Phil Beckner back on? Um, as Talk long about as development. And, yeah, honestly, yeah. that's, that's yeah. a great call. Um, that is a good call. Uh, I, I, I do have Phil's number. <laughs> Phil's- Does Phil, let me ask you this. Does Phil. Is Phil very in tune with the college players yes. much, or is he? Remember, he came from college. He was at Weber well, State. I knew he came from Weber State. Yeah. I just didn't know where, like, life-wise, if he's yeah, no, I'm he's, all NBA now. Yeah, no, he he he's. I mean, he still gets young guys that come work. Well, I mean, he was working with Bridges as a kid, you know. So he'd be an um, interesting dude to talk about when we get closer and closer to that draft. Now, college prospects. I don't know if he's prepping those guys. And here's the thing, and not to like tamper anybody's expectations here. Phil is working for the 76ers. I don't know if he can legally speak on these things right now. Oh, that's actually a really good point. So <laughs> if he's yeah, if he's actually under contract with them, he won't be able to come talk to us about anybody. Yeah. Um, but just just to kind of to throw that out there. Um, but if he's not, I will see if I can get him. And if not, I can try and get him in the off season. So, mm-hmm. um, but no, I love having Phil on. I love talking to him. Uh, his insight as far as like player development stuff like that. I would love to talk to him about like the timeline of growth because we, we know kind of how ants has worked out. Uh, quick yeah. had the article and the, the serial. Uh, I really wish the serial killer name stuck a little bit. That was just, that was a great, great line. Um, Phil love that by the way. Well, unfortunately so. for him, it's ant is kind of just, that's become his nickname. It's just ant. It's just yeah. a short, which people version. keep fighting me about Kirk. If you're watching, uh, Kirk Henderson, he's the editor for the uh, Mavs site. Uh, he's, he says his name should be Amph. Amph? Oh, the A and F? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, don't... I think Serial Killer is actually the best nickname. I mean, it really is. Like, if he was going to give up Ant, that's a pretty dope nickname. Uh, I mean, he, he could, like, if he was still in college, he could get some NIL deals. There's, like, for sure, right? Yeah. Some, some, some CTC, some Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and some and some Cut That Check. Some Amph for Jacks. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> Uh, I, I told Kirk that I would give him uh, Ant's mom's number if he wanted to ask her about <laughs> about why he's called Ant. Um, this is Kurt. Random text. I know, Miss Simons. Uh... <laughs> Knowing to me because she'd probably tell him. <laughs> so <laughs> um, let's talk about Ant real quick tonight. So he had a kind of a weird game, dude. Um, hilariously, when we were watching the game, I think he had uh, seven or nine and four. And I was like, ah, a couple more assists, knocked in a couple more shots. He can be like 16 and 7. And this game all of a sudden looks a little different. He finishes with 13 and 7. 4 of 11 from the field, 0 of 5 from 3. What did you think of Anthony Simons tonight? I thought Anthony Simons played a great game. Um, I, look, am I drinking this Kool-Aid a little bit? Yeah, sure. I got the guy who's serving it up here at the party. Look at my hat. Yeah, I mean, that's just... 
Oh, it's embarrassing. You're so embarrassing. Um, tell, uh, me no, that's, but, uh, tell me that's not a great logo, though. Well, what if your nickname's Serial Killer? Then what's the logo? It's an ant eating cereal. Oh, see, now now you're thinking. I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he had a good game, and I'll say it this way. Did he have 30 points? No, he didn't. Let's stop expecting that to be the expectation from this dude. I thought what he did is he only shot 11 total times. Mm-hmm. He did not force the issue. Him shooting five threes and going over, I'm fine with him shooting that many. And if he goes over, that's just an off night. That's all that is. That's part of, to me, coming back home. The growth. When you get to come home and, you know, everybody's in attendance and you got a ton of Blazer fans there, you can push it a little bit. You can you can kind of get a little, like, I want it too much. Which and I, thought, I thought that was the case with his jumper tonight. And I thought it was too with the jumper. But I liked how he kind of still flowed really well with what they were doing. And what was his final line? 13 and 7? Yeah. 13, if 7, and 2. Bad, if that's a bad night from a 22-year-old player, I'll take that bad night because he didn't disrupt what they were doing. He saw what was working. He kind of got out of the way when he needed to. Mm-hmm. And he didn't force the issue. I thought he he had a good collective game. I know the stats didn't say that until late in the fourth, but he was in there playing. I thought he played collectively a good game. Not a great game, a good game. So here's my 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 ant breakdown. I thought his jumper looked weird for the first time in a very long time. It looked like he pulled back for those from the go from the side. He kind of didn't follow through, um, and it wasn't it just wasn't there. And to switch that up, generate five free throws. He was 0 of five from three, but four of six from inside the two point line. So he found a way to be. be Become more efficient inside the three-point line, and uh, Andy Marchant brings up his free throw rate is still a concern for me. If you give me a half a season as Ant as a starter, and his free throw rate is still CJ McCollum like, mm-hmm. then I'm then I begin to worry a little bit. But I don't think he's going to have um, peak Damian Lillard free throw rate, nor do I think he's going to be CJ McCollum. Holy crap! How are you not getting to the free throw line type free throw rate either? I think yeah. when it's all said and done. He's a below-average free-throw generator for a top-tier score, but not insanely out of whack. And here's where the, where it really matters. Anthony Simons looks like he's going to be a near 90% free-throw shooter. High 80s. It was kind of weird because he was so inconsistent in his first three years, you could never really tell how good he was or wasn't at the line. Yeah. Now it's like he looks like Damian Lillard at the line, where you're just like, holy crap, this guy's automatic. That's the kind of thing that you're looking for in a shooting profile. So I will I will not. Oh, did I interrupt you? I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go, go, go. Give. Well, come, come, I, come. I don't want to interrupt the ant stuff. No, go. Was, I, I I can keep it going. Well, I know you could probably do a whole podcast on it. I won't shout out the account. I'll just say, like, I just saw this retweet on my timeline, and I think this is what them winning two games against really bad teams does. And it basically is like the Blazers either need to make a trade to go all in for this season where they need to tank, but they need to make that decision now. Like, I think they don't, it's just, I, well, it's going to happen. I, I know I, we know, but I, I told you when they start winning these games after everybody mentally had put themselves in a point of take time. Now they're starting when they go, look how quick that was yeah. two games for some people to go. I, I told you it was going to happen. They were going to win. They were going to win a couple games early on this road trip. And I, I pegged Washington and, and Orlando as the games and I was like, everybody's going to go crazy, and they're going to lose their next three, and nobody's going to care. It's, it's 
don't take this wrong because I'm I'm lumping myself into mm. this. It's the biggest weakness of this fan base there is. It's not even close. It's well, not a contest. whatever is going on that's counter to well, it. Yes. It's it's like oh god, it's it's the boogeyman because this fan base is so conditioned to, to shit going wrong. There's Brandon Roy, more, Brandon yes, Roy yes. Greg Oden, Sam Bowie, Michael yeah. Jordan, yes. uh, Shaq to Co- or Kobe to Shaq, like not scoring a single point in the final <laughs> six minutes of Western Conference Finals. Like so many things that have just been cripplingly bad. Jordan Shrug, like it's just yeah. Piston series. Yeah. I mean you just you just start looking at it and you're just like Jesus Christ. You know what you know what the great thing about it is though, Brandon? Yeah. We're not Cowboys fans. <laughs> Cowboy fan, the one thing Cowboy fan has at this moment right now is yeah, well, we got five rings, man. It's like That's... me as a Raiders fan. I'm like, listen, man, the Raiders <laughs> were, until 2000, the winningest pro sports franchise in the world. In all of the main professional sports. Not just the North American Big Four. Danny. You throw soccer in there, too. The Raiders had a 76% winning percentage as a franchise over, like, a 40-year period. Danny, I think the Cowboys have won two playoff games since 1996. Yeah. Two. Shout out Joe Simons, who has been tweeting through it, ladies and gentlemen. I got to tell you, easily, easily, the biggest flaw of him as a human being as is a the Cowboys fact fan. that he is a Cowboy yeah, fan. That's like, great. Me and him, I think we're the same age. I yep, Unless he's got a family tie in Dallas. I don't know how the living F you grow up in the 90s and don't become a Niner fan. Here. It is what it is. <sighs> I, I will say, I have a soft spot for Daryl Johnson because I was a... I love girl. Moose. Listen... As a fullback growing up, my call sign yeah. in the Air Force was Moose. So, well, fun fact: my um, the producer of our radio show, Jason Swigard, we wore I wore a Niner jacket on Friday just mm. to have fun. He wore his cowboy gear. He busted out after he took his hoodie off. A forty-eight, a Moose Johnson Dallas Cowboy jersey. Of all the Cowboys you could have got, all of them, he went with Moose Johnson. And I said, fun fact: Moose Johnson was the only player on any Cowboy team. I didn't hate. I was 100% like, approval rating for Moose. That dude's just good. Like, that dude's just good. And he's quiet. He wasn't yapping like Irvin or Dion. No. You just, know, Emmett, all this love. Just did it. God, I'm just like, uh, okay. He had Larry Allen, but all right. Um, There's another one in here. I saw it real quick talking about Anthony Simon saying his floater game is on point. Uh, here it is for Andy. Uh, yes. Ant's floater game is looking awesome, too. Brandon and I were both watching it, and he hit the one where he pulled up like a step inside the free throw line. And I was like, what the hell is that? I've I've talked about this a little bit uh, in some watch parties and, and probably told this story before. But Ant, for the first two-plus years in the league, was one of the last ones on the floor to work out. Because, you know, the vets, they get ready and they go back to the locker room. The young guys always went out last. Yeah. And uh, Ant was always out there with Jim Moran. And Ant would go through this stupidly long workout because he wasn't going to play. And he would go through these sessions of taking what felt like 50, 60 floaters over and over and over. And I was always wondering why he was airmailing this shit. I mean, just letting it go three, four feet above the rim. But it would come down, snap, snap, snap. And when he was hitting it, and when he wasn't, you could just see the frustration just building in over his face. And it was just... Yeah. It was... I always wonder, like, what does this look like off the floor? 
And he said it was just something that he has really worked on is figuring out that in-between game because he still kind of struggles to run the rim. That's his one shortcoming, I think, offensively. But uh, like I said, Zach Lowe beat me to this the other day and talking about how he's been shooting so well. He's been shooting 53% on floaters. Do you know how ridiculous that is? That puts yeah, him what's in the normal. Give us an idea of the normal percentage. Low, low 40s is like yeah. a, a good percentage. And Ant's pretty high on volume. I was looking at this the other day. Since Ant has become a starter, his drive numbers are almost exactly that of Damian Lillard's. Wow, really? Yes. Dame takes uh, eleven or 12.9 drives per game, roughly. So roughly 13. Ant is at 12. Ant actually scores more, passes more, and is more effective percentage-wise in a very small sample, of course, of like, what, starting seven games. Uh, but being put in that role, he has assumed Damian Lillard-esque tendencies. Mm-hmm. But the, the difference is, remember young Damian Lillard? He was very bad finishing around the rim. It's not what uh, he did. He was not good at it. Always kind of looking for a foul when he'd have those misses. He'd get caught in between, yeah. and the thing he never really had was what? The in-between, the floater. Yeah. So for Ant to be this good at that right now, it's it's another, like, a necessary little, like, flare up into the sky of, like, huh, this could be something worth watching, worth looking forward to. Um, and that's, what, again, we saw that tonight. You and I both did the same thing when Ant let that thing go tonight. Like, wow. Well, I mean, you, you acquire one of the best shots, then toughest shots to have, and you become Tony Parker 2.0 with it. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to perk up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, there's there's been, you know, two little guys in the NBA who are probably one is a no shit Hall of Famer in Tony Parker. Yeah. The other one in Mike Conley might be when it's all said and done. Can you be a Hall of Fame and never be an all star? If anyone's ever going to push it, it's going to be Conley. That's just remarkable it, it, to me. It's it, it is weird. I, I don't think he will because they didn't win, obviously, in college. Had he won the national title? I don't think he's State. All, look, I'll say this. I have a very high standard for Hall of Fame mm-hmm. stuff, so the basketball one bothers me yeah. tremendously, and you know that. But if I told if it, you Mike Conley was a Hall of Famer, would you really push back? I mean, I wouldn't want to fight you on it because I like Conley. I don't think he's Hall of Fame, though. Like, if somebody was I don't to say, Brandon, is. did you think you were watching a Hall of Famer? I'd say, no, I was watching a really good player. But Hall yeah. of Famer, like, that's 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 real rarefied stuff. But that's what kind of what I'm talking about. Like, he had his his skill was basically built like that he took one thing and he got so freaking good at it outside of you know being a, a point guard and made that such a shot that it, it has allowed him to be successful this late in his career and uh, Andy Marshall brings up a really good point Jaws floater is amazing too yes Jaws yes, yeah, Jaws yeah. that dude right now when it comes to the floater it's crazy um, crazy 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 am I wrong in, in saying oh this? you know what Brendan and water was brought it up that's right Conley did make the all-star game he finally did make it last year I keep forgetting that so he has his one-time All-Star appearance. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that's good to know because with that, he'd be all he needs. Was he ever a one or two on a team? Because I think you want to yes. instinctively say yes in Memphis. I don't know if he was because those th- that Gazal Zebo situation was. I still think he was still a one, or excuse me, not a one, but a two because he was a yeah. table setter for both those guys. Okay. Ne- neither one of them could do it without Conley. No doubt. I won't argue that. No, I won't argue that. So. Um, Random tangent down the floater path there, but um, <laughs> I thought Ant, I, I'll be honest, I wanted to see him force some things tonight. And maybe it was good that he didn't, 
I, I don't know. Obviously, it's like the, the great unknown. Um, Danny, I think it. I think it is. I. I I don't need to see it. I kind of, you know it. I don't like to watch guys force that issue. I don't, and not necessarily even forcing the shooting. I wanted to see him force the action a little bit more. But overall, I thought that the team tonight was just kind of content with just mopping the floor with a team that's, that just that's wasn't what I good think. enough. I don't think he. I don't think he felt the need to. Like he just kind of looked around and said, like, "We're winning by twenty points, and I'm not." And Nurk's chasing this, and yeah. CJ's back. Okay, yeah. we went a little bit long tonight, um, no. but uh, I, I do want to kind of. Uh, little hat tip to the uh, number one, the mailbag pod. We will do it tomorrow. Uh, so I will post the tweet as soon as we get done because I forgot to do it on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> or for Saturday, after Saturday's show. Um, it didn't matter because we canceled it then anyways. Um, but uh, the game Wednesday against the Miami Heat is going to be a big one. And not the sense of win or lose. How does Nasir Little look up against a f- – Pretty healthy Heat team. How does Anthony Jeez. Simons look against a pretty healthy Heat team? Nice Bam's back. Yeah. Yeah. So is Jimmy. Bam's back. Jimmy's back. Kyle's out there. Harrow's balling. Duncan's out there. Like, the gang's all back. And they beat you without those guys. Yes. <laughs> so, how does Ant look with ball pressure with Kyle Lowry and Bam coming up off, off of a double team or on a blitz or on a trap right. or lifting up? Um, what decisions does he make when he t- when they take away his first reads? How aggressive is Nasir Little when he's got Jimmy Butler whooping his ass up yep. and down the floor? And that's not a shot at Nas. Like, Jimmy Butler whoops a lot of people's asses regularly. That's what Jimmy Butler does. It's like, what do those? What are the counters to that? How do they look when they get punched in the face? Because they will. This Miami Heat team is built to punch you in the face again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you haven't already, come check out the watch party um, for that one. That will be a fun, fun game. Everyone looks to be healthy for the most part for the for the Heat, and I think right now that's actually really important. I want to see the, this, these young guys how they look, because really they haven't played anybody since Dame got shut down. They haven't played anybody who's really healthy. The Nets were coming off that cross country back and forth. Uh, they didn't have Harden, KD, and Kyrie are kind of like eh, you know. Um, the Hawks were missing a bunch of guys. There was no defense being played. Yeah, it's it just hasn't been a ton. So I really want to see how the young guys look up against that. So, um, but that's 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 my my two two little bits on that. Uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the channel, like, rate, review, subscribe. Help us grow. We are continuing to grow. We're at uh, almost twenty three fifty, which again we're back on track. So thank you all so very much. We appreciate you. Get your questions in at Jack Ramsey's at Danny Morang at Brandon Sprague. If you gave yours to me over the last couple of days, don't worry. I have them. I have them all marked in my DMS that I just haven't like pulled them over yet. Um, but get them in uh, Jack Ramsey's at gmail.com. Uh, and we will get that going tomorrow. And I will post that Wednesday morning. Uh, and we will have the pre and post game show for Wednesday. And I'm efforting a guest from Miami to see if we can get somebody on um, and kind of bring that all together. Until then, everybody, for Brandon, I'm Dan. Take care. We love you all. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.